Hey, it's Joey Thurman. I'm excited to bring you season two of the Fad or Future podcast. We live in a world where information is everywhere, easy to access, and sometimes not always accurate, especially in the health and wellness space, which is exactly why I created this show. There's two sides to every story, and I'm here to present both and let you decide, is it a fad or is it the future? Health fads come and go, but the science behind them is what makes them work or fail. I'm bringing the experts to you and putting the facts on the table so you can decide how and where to put your efforts in your own personal health and wellness journey. Today on the Fatter Future podcast, this is the most uncomfortable conversation I've had in my entire life. Why is that? Well, I have Michelle Tolson, former Radio City Rockette and co-founder and PR extraordinaire Danielle Payton. Talk about race, religion, how Michelle growing up as an African-American young woman had to learn all sorts of things that I can't even comprehend. Danielle being Jewish and her dad talking about how there were signs growing up, no dogs or Jews allowed on the beach. I talk about my white privilege. I didn't even realize I had white privilege in the fitness industry. Why do we have so many boxes? Why do we always have to check off a box? This conversation is extremely deep and I truly hope it changes the future of fitness. Here's my conversation with Michelle and Danielle. What's going on everybody? It's Joey Thurman. It's another episode of the Fad or Future podcast and this is my first tag team, if you will, double team. I don't know. Normally I have a one-on-one podcast, but I have two lovely women in front of me. Michelle Tolson, she's got a long biography, former Radio City Music Hall Rockette. Uh, We're going to talk about the new organization that she's working with. She's also living with MS. We're going to talk about the fitness industry and publicist extraordinaire and co-founder of Kudos, Danielle Payton. And full disclosure, I myself am a Kudos trainer, founding trainer. So you can go to my link on Instagram at Joy Thurman Fit and click on that and you can give me some money. I like money. (laughs) All right, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Okay, well, let's, let's, you know, talk about yourselves here a little bit. Michelle, since I, you know, introed you first, um, I've briefly scratched the surface. So just give me a little bit about your story here. Sure. There's many stories, but we can start with, grew up in New Hampshire. I am biracial. My mother is from Spain. My father was black. I was the second Miss New Hampshire of color in 1996, Ooh. competed at Miss America that year. I went on to become a Radio City Rockette in 1997. I performed in Chicago for three years. Then I did the Music Hall in New York from 2000 to 2002. Uh, I've been a dance teacher for 31 years. I was a college professor at Wagner College for five years, working in their musical theater program. I lived in California for a hot second and came back here. I've, I've been um, judging dance competitions. I worked with schools. Uh, and then my life at 40 took a huge shift and I was diagnosed with MS which in my world doesn't change my world because I am really lucky to have a healthcare team that believes in me, wants to keep me dancing. Um, So I'm still teaching and I'm still performing and I still work for dance competitions and still teach around the country. And recently with all of the craziness that's been going on in the world, the Rockette Sisters of Color have established a new alumni called Rockettes of Color alumni. And we are very excited. We just had our first interview because the Rockettes have been around about 100 years, but there's only been about 60 of us of color. And the first one was not on the line until 1983. Wow, 60. So, so how, many, how many total have there been? Of how, color? Of, of people, of total Rockettes. Like 2,000 Rockettes, thousands, 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 and thousands only, only because, about 60. Yeah, well, yes, because we're all in the alumni, because we're all still alive. That sounds horrible, <laughs> but well, 83. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like if it's been around a hundred years. So I've been fortunate to meet some of our Rockhead sisters that made history. So Satsuka was our first Asian on the line in 83. And then our first African-American was Jennifer Jones in 85. Wow. Nice. nice, So we've got some wonderful things in the works. We have the BLM campaign coming out and um, some really cool stuff down the pipeline. Good. Yeah. We're going to talk about a lot of that. Danielle, what's your story? 
I, okay. Well, technically, by trade, I'm an art historian. Right after college, I moved to London to get my master's, moved back to America, started in the art world, decided it wasn't for me. A lot of politics, like too many politics almost for me, um, where I didn't feel comfortable. Then I went into like the beauty business per se, and I found myself doing publicity, making contacts with the editors, and then the beauty world led me to the health and wellness world. I continued doing PR and publicity and social media. And then that essentially, fast forward a couple of years now, let's look at COVID. All of our clients at the time dropped because they couldn't stay open. They didn't know what the future was. Most of our clients were uh, health, wellness, restaurants. So basically everyone that was like, they're all closed. Right. Um, and on March 16th, I was looking at Instagram and every, every fitness trainer is on doing lives at the most random hours. And I was like, we have to be able to do something about this. Like this is top talent. What's going on in the fitness world? How can we get these people together as opposed to working against each other? And then we came up with the idea of Kudos, which was an online platform where it's pre-recorded content from five minutes to 30 minutes. And yeah, I mean, Everything from meditation and mindfulness to high intensity cardio and country line dancing and everything in between. Oh, country line dancing. There we go. Listen, you burn calories doing line dancing and people That's wouldn't true. even consider it. Yeah. You, know, you, you can burn calories twiddling your thumbs as well, but you know, <laughs> country line dance. That, I've done that before. What, and, and, your thumbs or country line dance? Well, <laughs> well, look, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a white boy and I don't know. <laughs> I've got a good tan. Uh, maybe I could pass for a Greek. Uh, so anyways, that's not even Greek. I don't know what that is. So there we go. Uh, but yeah, the country line dance is something that I can actually do because like, it's stepped out for me. I'm not quite, I can kick my leg very high. So I don't know if I had a future career as being a, a rocket, but you do not since you're I, not a woman. Oh, <laughs> fine. We got to discriminate because I'm not a woman. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> male discrimination <laughs> we all <laughs> well all right so Michelle, why why do you think i mean being um you know a former rocket and people around the world know the rockets why do you why do you feel like there's only you know 60s 60 women of color that really were in the rockets do you think that was some sort of discrimination or do you think that maybe there was less people that were trying out that were of color i mean in your assessments what do you really feel? A loaded question. Yeah. Um, a lot of it comes down to representation. So my first look at black excellence was Vanessa Williams winning Miss America in 1983. Mm. And that's when I knew I wanted to, I saw somebody that looked like me and I could strive to be excellent like her. So a lot of it comes down to representation, but also for a long time, the Rockettes didn't allow people of color to audition. How long, what was, what was the first time that they actually allowed them to audition? I don't have the exact date, but I, okay. there have been New York Times articles about this. So I can send it to you so you could have yeah. the Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be and interesting. That, and it's an, it's an interesting thing. I'm not necessarily sure I want to call it this discrimination, but a lot sure. of people thought that a person of color on the line, Hispanic, Black, Asian, would take away from the uniformity of the line. And so it wouldn't be as effective. That's what the thought process was. Obviously, it's not true. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, I remember I, I mean, my, the images of the Rockets that I have as, as a, a kid was a bunch of white women lined up, all same hair, same makeup, same everything. And I'm like, they all look exactly the same. So, but I know, I mean, 10 years old or whenever I see it on, I don't know, like some, like that, there's like some Christmas special or something Basically, like that. that I saw. Yeah, there you go. So I think that was the first you know, yep. exposure that I had to it. Like, they all look like sisters. And as a 10 year old kid, especially a white boy growing up in Wisconsin, I'm not thinking, where, where is, where's is the black woman? Like that just doesn't even cross my mind. But then, but then you, you just kind of look at it the other way. It's just extreme to think about that because I've never, had to experience that. I walk into a room, I'm white, I'm relatively attractive, I already have an advantage. And that's not... You left out the biggest 
part of your advantage is mm. that you're a man. Okay, I'm, I'm white, I'm relatively attractive, and I'm a guy, right? And I have my buddy, Lauren Rice, who's actually uh, on the Kudos app as well. And one day we were in, and Danielle, I wanna want get your thoughts on this too. And one day we were in a Starbucks and I'm naturally have a short fuse. And I don't know, like my, I don't know what the hell is wrong. My coffee order for God's sakes. Oh man, my coffee order was wrong, right? And I got upset and they're like, oh my God, sir, we'll take care of it. We'll do whatever. And like, they gave me a, a free coffee. And Lauren is this like beautiful, light-skinned, black man, jacked, and just this, you know, wonderful, you know, uh, his wife, Vita, is this Ukrainian blonde bombshell, and their da daughter is just gorgeous, like you can imagine that mix. And he, he looks at me, he's like, Joey, there's a difference. And this is pre all of this stuff that just happened, right? This is like a year or two ago. And he looks at me, and he's like, hey, Joey, you have an angry black man inside of you. And I was like, what? And he said, you can do that and you'll get a free coffee or you'll get a gift card. He said, I do that? I get the cops called on me. And even talking about that gives me chills because I never thought that. I've blown up at so many people in my life and they always apologize to me. I never thought, especially this big six foot two, 225 pound ripped black guy, if he did the same, I could see that majority of the time the cops be called. Well, and he's that, a threat right. looking at him. He's, 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 uh, he's built um, and he's black. That's a threat, doesn't matter. And it's unfortunate. And I, when I was growing up, my parents taught me that you're going to be judged as soon as you walk into a place because of your color. So you always have to be better. I remember my dad, anytime we went anywhere, he, he would be in a suit. Even if he was just going, we were going to the buffet, he would dress in a suit because he was a 6'4", dark black man with a white woman and two mixed kids. And I remember my mom telling me the first time he took her to visit his mom in Alabama, he put my mother in the back seat. So when they got pulled over, because they did, she could say he was the chauffeur. Holy shit. And that, my parents got married in 72. So we're talking, I mean, civil rights, yes, it was a bad mm -hmm. time, but we're talking what, 70, 1970? Yeah, I can't, I can't even. So that, I understand I, where your yeah. friend is coming from. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, and he's got a wife and a child, so he's got to be even more careful. Yeah, yeah. It, I, oh. to, for the safety of him, but for the safety of his family as well. Yeah, that, that's incredible. I, I, I never really thought that. And it just, and I feel bad, but... I grew up in white Wisconsin and white Southern suburbs of St. Louis, upper middle class and just white, 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 white. I remember the first gay guy, I open, openly gay guy, I'm sure I was around gay people, was when I moved to Chicago. I just, it, and it was, and then I was just exposed to so much. And I mean, Danielle, from the PR side of things, I mean, when you hear something like that, and then, I mean, you're Jewish, so you have all sorts of discrimination as well. And um, what do you think when you hear that? I honestly am so, if we're talking about in terms of like the color aspect, I think, well, I grew up and my brother actually just made a Facebook post about this where my father said, we don't have the right to be racist. We're Jewish. And we've been discriminated against our whole life as Jews. And I've actually been like the victim of hate crimes and had swastikas drawn on my dorm room and to the extent of having dead animals put on my balcony and been called a kike and a Shylock, you might have to edit that out, but. No, we can, we like, well, we, ha we have explicit disclaimer. We're, yeah, we're this okay. will yeah, be explicit, yeah. but like I got chills when I was actually talking, when I was like, dad, I'm gonna go on this podcast and we're gonna just discuss race and religion and how it fits in, in the fitness world and what's happened in the past and how we can change it in the future. But Jared put this up and said, we, like my father told me basically, we're Jewish, we don't have a right to discriminate. And for me, I've never had a problem with, di with diversity, with inclusion. I mean, if you look at our platform from the beginning, I wasn't one of the companies that had to scramble to get diversity on our platform. Right. Like it was not, I didn't look at people and go, oh, you're 
I don't even know. Like, I don't even like saying, like singing aloud. I think people are people and mm. I want authentic, real human beings. You could be black, you could be white, you could be Puerto Rican, you could be Asian, you could be whatever you want to be. I want real authentic people. When I hear stories like about real life that happened, like what Michelle's parents had to go through, what Michelle has to go through. Like she didn't even bring up, did you even talk about the hate mail that you received when you were the second black Miss New Hampshire? Like people don't realize, by the way, it looks glamorous that Michelle's Miss New Hampshire and was on Miss USA. And people think it looks glamorous to be Jewish. What they don't realize on the inside, what we experience from the hate that's around because people are so close-minded is mm -hmm. like, baffling like Danielle told me something I did not know where you lived before tell me what the signs were on the beaches because there's that's interesting Joey you say you know from your perspective as a, a a white male you haven't dealt with it as a black female I deal with it in some ways as well but Danielle I didn't know about this what did you tell me yesterday so my dad grew up in Miami Beach where signs on the beach used to say no Jews or dogs allowed like on one sign like in restaurants or in public places. I mean, many golf courses, even in Miami or country clubs, no Jews were allowed. Then on top of that, there was a separate sign for colored. So not only were Jews and color back in the day, not sure. on the same sign, but to no Jews or dogs allowed. And then there was a separate sign for like, the, so, and my so, so the, the, the Jewish were almost with the dogs for lack right. of a better term. Right. And then they're like, okay, then there's this other, and then we're going to, we're going to throw the, the color people. Yeah. So my father's 80 years old and he grew up in a time when that was like the norm. That was the norm. And, right. and when you see that and you realize like I've gone to the concentration camps, I've stood in the gas chambers, like the final result, if people don't open up their minds and their hearts and even like try to consider that all people are human and it shouldn't have to matter what the color of their skin, like, this could still happen. And I mean, there are even camps going on still. Like, to me, it's baffling. And I think that people, I, I don't know why they're so closed-minded, but if they've experienced a fraction of what Michelle or I have remotely experienced, maybe they would be, we could train more. But Joey, I think this factors into your, the fitness world. And, and Danielle and I have been talking about this a lot. Um, because I've had a lot of Rockette friends that have transitioned into fitness. As we get older, we just, you know, you got Natural, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I have a very good friend that's on Kudos, Kisa Parrish, who was a former Rockette with me, and she's yeah. just, she's brilliant at what she does. But I see a lack of representation when I look at gyms, when I look at ads, when I look at... Uh, sportswear or gym wear for for people to wear so i feel like we are we are underrepresented and i and i that takes a toll on people that want to work out you don't feel like you belong you don't feel like you're wanted mm -hmm. and i and i think that's problem number one i also think problem number two which is a huge problem is pricing and location it's not easy. New York City is an easy place to get to a gym. There's like a gym everywhere. Right. It's like a Starbucks, right? But I'm from New Hampshire. To get to a gym, you have to get into a car and drive. And people that are middle to lower income are working two jobs. So when do they have a chance to get to the gym? And where is that gym? And if you're going to go to the gym, who's going to take care of your child if you have one while you're at the gym? Because I'm sure your partner's all working as well. So I think there are these issues that are not being dealt with within the fitness community yet that Danielle has started to touch upon by creating kudos because the price point is perfect for everyone. You can't, you can't beat the price point and you can't beat the people she has on there. Right. It's like top talent. You're like, you're at, we're at, look at you. Like Joey's like one of the best. Kisa's one of the best in the industry. If not like we have the top talent for an affordable price point, which is amazing. We want to make fitness accessible so that it doesn't matter if you're Bill Gates and it doesn't matter if you're like the boy next door. Anyone has an opportunity to train with the best and learn from the best. Joey, I'd love to hear from you what's been going on for you in fitness in the last four months as the world has erupted into chaos. Yeah, uh, so, you know, for me, I'm done in-person personal training. And I, in Chicago, charge $150 for a 45 minute session. 
which if you break that down is $200 an hour. And if I would go to Beverly Hills or New York, I'd be charging four or $500 an hour. So I'm probably one of the most expensive trainers in Chicago. I've trained movie stars, I've trained Terrence Howard, I trained Lumi Musaku. I mean, it's funny, the movie stars I trained were black. Like, it's weird. And I barely have any black clients, which is really interesting. The, the most well-known ones were black. So, um, and Wumi is just one of the biggest hearts. Like anybody, Wumi Musaku, she's just in, she was just in a movie with Dakota Fanning. Um, she's in uh, Lovecraft Country coming out of HBO. She's just one of the, she was Nigerian born, British raised, just beautiful, just dark, magnificent skin. And then she has the British accent. So she's got it all. Um, hello, Wumi. I love you if you're listening to this. Uh, I miss you. So feel free to plug me. Uh, yeah, but, but look. Um, I think you yeah. made your point though. I you think said I, that yeah. you're, you did the actors that you worked with you're really good at what you do. We all know that the people that you've trained that are black have the means mm -hmm. to afford you. And that's it. Like I understand that training is a luxury, especially to work with me. If you're even to work with me online, it's not cheap. Right. So, you know, that's the thing. Like I just had this whole inner conflict and I'm sitting in my almost empty condo right now. And when this happened and I struggle with depression and I'm very open about this and, and then I realized, like, I never thought gyms would just close down. My industry would be shot. I, I make, there's barely any six-figure trainers in this world that do well. And I was doing quite well. And then it just, my income got chopped down. And I'm like, yeah. I've, got, I've got a wife and I've got a son. I've got all yeah. this. And then, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Minnesota happened and everything. And then all the stuff started coming to light. Like, I didn't know about that. And then my uncle Ruben, you can tell probably by his name, is a black man from New Orleans. Married my Aunt Nikki. They have a beautiful daughter named Brooklyn. And um, he also has a, um, a, a daughter, Sharice, who lives in California from another marriage. He, you know, his previous marriage was another white lady. And I didn't know, but when all the stuff started happening with the, the riots and the looting and everything and the protests, which needed to happen, and I feel like there's a little bit of violence that needs to happen for people to like, like, oh, let's go sing Kumbaya, but people, that doesn't get your attention. So when, when my aunt Nikki made a post and she'd make a post or she texted me, I can't remember, but she's like, um, your uncle won't go out in public now without me. It's like, holy shit. And then I just started looking at like everything and then just assessing my whole industry and looking at that. I'm like, I need to do something different. I can't be training in person anymore because what if then I've got a father-in-law who's high risk and all this sort of stuff. So I'm living by myself right now, selling our condo. I'm going to quarantine after two weeks and then go comfortably be okay after I get a COVID test and all this sort of stuff. But it really just hit me. And then I started having these conversations with Danielle and I very, very neutral on my social media. I'll talk about myself. You know, you won't see my son. I'll maybe talk about my wife. Uh, but I never posted anything about, knowing black people or whatever. Cause me, like actually some of the best trainers I know are black. Eugene Thomas, former Bears trainer, Lauren Rice, amazing. You know, my buddy Richard, you know, like they're, they're just amazing trainers. I never saw them as black. Where but are they? Where are they in the media? Where are they in advertising? Right, and I told Lauren all the time, I said, you are this, I'm like, dude, because we were, we were getting to raise four or 5 million for this gym right beforehand, which I'm kind of glad it didn't happen because mm -hmm. probably be a bad idea right now. But, um, I told him, he's like, Joey, you're the media guy. You need, you need to be out there. Like you've been all this TV. I said, yeah, dude, but I will not have a incredibly well-spoken, charismatic, gorgeous black man as my business partner and not put your ass on TV because people need to see that Lauren. And I was in the elevator with Vita and his daughter and she just looked at Vita, his wife looks at me kind of like gives me a little high five because she's probably been telling this, you know, as if anybody's married, you know that you don't listen to your spouse. And, and then he texts me later on. He's like, you're right. I've been looking and I know he was watching documentaries or something like that. I think he watched a Kevin Hart documentary and saw his trainer. I can't remember his trainer's name, but another black guy. He was like, you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that many and individuals that represent me that are out there. I said, yeah, I'll do a lot of the media, but we need to get you out there because you're just, you don't have that representation. And just, it never hit me. And it's crazy that that never hit me. And I feel bad for not thinking about it, but my parents never said, hey, you're a white guy. You're gonna walk into a room, you're gonna be privileged, you're gonna do this because nor did they ever have that thought. And then the first exposure that they had really 
to a black person was when we found out that my aunt was engaged to a black guy. Like, oh my God, is she, she's engaged to a black guy. And my, my family is from Southern Missouri. So you could think about the lineage in Southern Missouri. And then once they got to know him, like this is the, one of the best people I know. I mean, the man ironed his underwear. So um, sorry, Uncle Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that, that, was, that was a long way just to say that like the COVID, the riots, the Black Lives Matter, all that sort of stuff just really made me take a massive, massive step back. Well, and I remember having this talk with Joey when I was seeing all the incoming media requests, I never remember I said, Joey, I've never thought I'd have to have this conversation with anyone. I was like, not only are you white and a man, but you're good looking, but more so you're a white man. Like we re like, and I know it, you can be white, you can be a man, a white man though. Okay. And the media at the time, once the protests and riots started to erupt said, we only want POC, person of color preferred, by POC preferred, black indigenous person of color preferred. People don't realize, I was like, Joey, like you might be at the best and you have the best credentials, but people right now don't care about credentials because these companies are fucked because of the way that they thought it was acceptable to not even have to consider diversity to begin with. Like, sorry, Joey, no one wants you. And then at the same time, I called Michelle when we were talking about like that big workout that you did for that corporate company. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, we just had a black lesbian last week teach yoga. And we, we're all about like diversity. So if you had diverse trainers and I was like, I've never had a problem with diversity, but I'm not just going to give you diverse because you're asking for diverse. Like I'm going to give you the best. And I was like, do I put Joey first? Do I put Joey second? Kisa was always in my top, like regardless, I knew I had two spots. Um, and I was like, am I going to get shit for putting a white guy out there when they're just like, we want diverse. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? Like Joey's the best and I'm putting him forward. It doesn't matter the color of his skin. And if I then was like doing the reverse of what people were doing, like to me essentially, or from what I was hearing, I was like, I wouldn't be one staying true to myself. And number two, I don't think I would be doing right by the company. Um, we've been diverse since the beginning, we'll always be diverse and that will never be an issue. I, but to be told, like, give us your most diverse, what happened to just like credentials? Like you've been in the industry for over a decade. You've trained the top talent. Like I'm still speechless when I'm told like, oh, we want a diverse trainer. I, I didn't know what POC meant. Like you, you had to tell me that. And I don't know if this goes back to, you know, my privilege or anything, but I'm just like, I, and that's the thing. I, I don't feel like you were checking boxes. Like, okay, I got five white guys. I need a female. I need a lesbian. I need a transgender. I, I need a former Miss America. I need this. I need this because I mean, that's, I, I hope that's to uh, where I get both, I get both arguments. Like, yes, Michelle, there's, there's less people represented that look like you. And there's less people that look like my body, Lauren, or, and that, that needs to happen. But where, where does it end then if we start just kind of having to right. fill in these boxes? Well, and I never filled in the boxes. And I say this because even when I went to college and they want you to put down what you are, I never filled a box. I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be accepted because I fit their box. I didn't want to be a quota. And I understand where affirmative action was important and needed, mm -hmm. but I'm one of those that I've always wanted to get in on my merit. So I don't ever check off boxes. Actually, back then there were no boxes that actually fit me because I'm uh, biracial. So I, I'm not going to check off another. So what, I just didn't. Oh, wow. So what if we, let's say we go college entrance exams and you take away, I'm not going to get into people like paying for, take for tests and all these movie stars and stuff. Um, although that's hilarious. So, uh, what if we took away those boxes, then would people start looking at the names? I mean, there's white names there. There's African-American names. I mean, look at my uncle Ruben, like that's probably a black name, you know, his daughter, Sharice and Brooklyn, probably leaning more Ruben, towards the Ruben's Hispanic or Latino. Oh, see, there you go. So, okay. Now, now is what box is he checking? But then, th then, but then you get a me, a Michelle Tolson, what right? do you think? You I, pro think I think white. Out. I think yeah, yeah, but if you go back to what you were saying about taking away entrance exam, right. the people that paid for their kids got a fine. The woman 
the black woman got put in jail. So the disparity is everywhere. Yeah. It's the same, what, what, what did I see? What was, a, a white gentleman did the same crime as a black man. The black man's got like life and the white gentleman got a or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? The disparity mm-hmm. is, is everywhere in the system right now. And, um, but it's always been there. And I think that's what people are starting to recognize. The system has been flawed from the start. Mm-hmm. And it's the way our country's been built, but we're, a lot of us are seeing it. Like even knowing history, there's so much I have learned in the last four months about black history within America that I did not know because it's not taught. Right. So I'm educating myself on everything as we move forward. And, you know, it's a terrible time, but it's also a great time to learn. It's a, a great time to educate. It's a great time to come together with people that want better for this country. I don't think it's better for white, black, male, female. It should just be better for this country. Yeah. Because you have a young child that you want to bring up in this country. We need to do better. Yeah, we do. And, and that's, a, that's a scary thing. And I, you know, we're not going to get into the whole presidential thing, but you know, you, you got somebody that, that who, who is right. We're, we're not going to go there. I'm just, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say this. Otherwise we're going to talk for hours. Uh, when you have somebody that is in the media every single day and is making fun of people and saying, this doesn't matter. And then you're not, you're not pointing out these things. I think that makes it worse. Well, so what, he's represented by a hate group and we know that. Right. But nothing is, is done because I don't think people know what, well, there's two things. Some people don't know what to do with it, but let's not be fooled. Half of America is okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the election, actually Hillary won by like 3 million votes. <laughs> That's why you're my favorite person. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, but then, you know, then again, like, we're not gonna go the whole politics thing, but like Hillary thought she had it in the bag. So like she screwed up. So where do you, where well, do you I don't think Hillary screwed up? We're going yeah. into politics we're now. Going into politics. We're, we're, we're getting we're, we're, we're getting there. Uh, I think so. that the problem was voters screwed up. Mm. If they didn't like Hillary, but didn't want to vote for 45, they didn't vote at all. So that wasn't a Hillary screw up. That's a voter screw up to me. Fair point. All right. So where where do you feel where do you feel like we're headed? I mean, especially in the fitness industry, because we, you know, the the, the people of color are definitely misrepresented, but then where, where does it kind of stop if we have to keep, you know, filling in these boxes or to your point, how do we get gyms or education? Obviously COVID is going to be much more difficult to do this. I completely get that. And then you got the whole, a whole lack of internet or resources in the inner city. And that's a whole thing that's going on in Chicago right now. Like you've got the, the, the people that can afford the private schools, like no big deal. Yeah, we can do online learning. But you go to Austin or Garfield Park in Chicago and they're, not, they're, they're gonna not have that. And then they've got less access to these facilities. I mean, I, I grew up playing hockey through college so the widest sport possible and I never thought about it. Why, why didn't I play with that many black kids? Because it's pretty much in white areas and hockey is several thousand dollars a year to play plus the equipment. So there is this huge disparity. And yeah, with the... It's, it's hard if I grew up in a, let's say I grew up in, you know, a bunch of trailer homes and a bunch of white people, I wouldn't have any money, I would have less access to, you know, and then, and then that would be my version of just not having anything where you go to all these other areas in Chicago where they just, they don't, and the rest of the country. And they I live that. in Brooklyn and I see it just, I live next to Ditmas Park where they film movies with these beautiful homes, mm-hmm. but four blocks over, you're, you're in an area that kids couldn't play hockey. Right. So I think that in the fitness industry, I think the big fitness businesses should probably rethink, just start with advertising. Mm. If you're showing people of color and you're showing men and women, you're already being more inclusive. If people would think like Danielle and kudos, I just want the best. I don't care who you are. I don't care your sexuality. I don't care if you have tattoos. I don't care if you're a dog or a cat, cat dog, catfish. (laughs) Both. Both and I'll take you as long as you're a real human being. Exactly. Like inspire others to make a change, whether it's big or small, like, and if they can contribute to such, like, that's amazing. Like we want people that are like, 
when Mich wait, Michelle asked me what Kudos' stance on diversity and inclusion was, and I literally was like, I don't even have a statement, but I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't I want- I have it. I wrote it down. Mine? <laughs> yes. No, I said, well, yeah, okay. What did I, I mean, we've never had a problem. I was like, and then oh, I'll give a formal um, quote. And I never wrote the formal quote, but I, I know at the end of the day, what I don't want is someone that doesn't want to be a part of a community that isn't diverse. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you have a problem, because there are going to be people that are like, I don't want to train next to this person, or I don't want to train with this person because I, I went to college in Indiana, which is right next to Illinois. Like, and by the way, the KKK started in a town very close to Bloomington, Indiana, which is why there's such hate. Um, and I, I mean, what I saw was the scariest, some of the scariest stuff in my life. But um, if you don't want to be part of a diverse community, I don't want you. Like, oh, Joey, though, to your point, you having this conversation is a start. People not being afraid to have an uncomfortable conversation. I don't find this to be uncomfortable. I'm glad that I can be open and you can be open and Danielle can be open and we can talk about, of course you didn't think about this because that wasn't what you were brought up. Right. How you, you know, like I didn't realize when Danielle told me about Miami and the beaches having those signs because that wasn't where I was brought up. But if we can have this inclusive conversation and talk about how we can move forward as a community, that's a start. Wow. Yeah, and I think that, Danielle, you made a good point about you just don't want people that are concerned about being with a company that has this type of person or individual, you know, whether it's black, transgender, gay, whatever, like you can go down the whole list and maybe that's a good start and, and just weeding out the, cr the crap and the assholes and then just bringing everybody else in that has the credentials. Right. To me, I, I mean, yeah, go me I was going to say, having credentials does not make you a good teacher, though. Right. And I've been teaching 31 years, and I have a degree in English with a minor in communications. I am a, Daniel knows, I'm, I'm a really, I will pat myself on the back. I'm a good teacher. I love my students. I love teaching. I love teaching better than performing. Um, but not just because you get certified does not necessarily make you a people person, which mm -hmm. is what you need to be a good trainer. You have to know your clients and your clientele besides how to work with them. And that, yeah. that's, that's a, that can't be taught. Mm -mm. That's huge because I, I, people ask me all the time, what type of trainer are you? I said, what type of trainer? I said, what type of trainer do you need? Right. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, if, if you come in and you're the type of individual and I see that you're, you're bloated from uh, fat pizza beer weekend. And I say, what the fuck did you just eat? And like, Oh my God. And I, I've said this before to clients and they're like, Oh my God, you're right. Like I need to not do this because my body just doesn't handle this well. But some people, if I said the same thing, they'd cry, they'd cry and break down. So some people I need to hold your hand. Some people I need to yell at some people. I don't need to say anything to. And some people will actually just self-motivate themselves. So it depends on if I'm going on national TV on today's show, I'd be light and we're going to do curls with wine bottles. I know people, I know people aren't doing fucking curls with wine bottles. It was an entertaining second. Yeah, you might. It was, <laughs> okay, now people might. This was like three years ago when it went on. So, like but yeah, yeah, you, cur you, you curl and drink. But they, they want to be entertained. Now, if I go and do something for men's health, here's what's happening and, and here's what you know, plane we're in and then I'm much, much more myself as far as professional. Right. And I think people need to read that in the fitness industry, but also you can read the room in general. Like in life, if you walk into a room and you just read that room and like, okay, is, is there, am I the only white person in this room? I was the token white guy before when I was a model in St. Louis, I did a show at a place called the castle and I was the only white guy. And there was one white girl. Weird thing is the white girl didn't talk to me. I don't know. That was very strange. Um, college, I was probably different. So, but I had all these like amazing jacked black men. And I know that we were wearing like these crazy like furs, like wolf fur and minks and all sorts of stuff, walk, no shirt. And so they, they had the first show was this. It was, it was something else. It was called, it was for the, it was for Flipside magazine. I bet it was. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, they, they, they have, they have, and, and there's, there's like hundreds of people in the audience and there's only like four white people. And guess who those white people are? My family. So the, the guys come out like the first, whatever song, if you will. 
And then I step on stage and all these black women stand up and just start freaking out because like they weren't expecting a white guy to come out. And I came to the end of the stage and it was like a Michael Jackson song and I hit a little hip thrust and like they just lost their mind. And the funny thing is, and then afterwards, like, a, you know, the, the guy that owned like the, the fur shop, he was standing like afraid. And, and this actually now thinking about this, like, why was he standing there trying to get the fur right away? Was he afraid somebody was going to steal that? that? That just crossed my mind. He was literally standing up where all the other designers, all the other black designers were downstairs. Like, oh, it's fine. Just put your clothes on the rack. So yep. that, that's interesting there. I never thought about that. Then afterwards we had a... And by the way, it was the first time I ever had chicken and waffles. Amazing oh, combination. So good. Amazing combination. Awesome. So chicken and waffles. Oh my God. So what? good. So <laughs> after afterwards, there's like an after party, and then they invite everybody. And then I'm there's hundreds of you know people in their 20s, pretty, pretty much all black. I'm the only white guy, and like the most attractive um, black female comes up to me that was a model, and she's like, But you want to come dance? And I'm like, Yeah, I want to come dance. And then she starts dancing with me and I can't dance that well. So she was basically dancing for me. Um, and then I see a bunch of other black guys and I've never said this publicly. I've never said this, uh, who were not the models like staring at me. I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I am going to get my ass kicked. And they literally start coming towards me. And then the other black models that I was with, they started coming the other way and the black models got to me first after I danced with her and I'm like, Hey, can I get your number or whatever? And she's like, you want my number? I'm like, yeah, I want your number. And all the black guys like start high-fiving me, hugging me. And then all of a sudden the other guys backed away. And I never thought until this moment, like what that meant. Like I was included. Correct. And the other guys that were very intimidating to me, they backed away. And I've, I've never had to experience that. And that's probably what a black man or a woman, it feels in just a big crowd of white people. I don't know. I never, I never, I, ne I never, I never even thought that. Yeah. You had a moment of it. I mean, I just can't. Brianna Taylor was just sleeping in her house though. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm worried about driving now. What if I need to get my registration? I'm a little luckier because I am a female and it, it happens less to females, but it still happens, you know, and I was married to a, a, a amazing white guy for eight years. And we had to deal with a lot of that for, he, he's from Jersey. He was from Jersey and we, and we lived in Asbury park area. And I remember when we started dating and I told him, I said, I, I got to tell you, it's going to be tough. And he heard people spit at us when we would walk by and, we talked about what it would be like if we have children, because that's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother ball game. Do you want to bring up a biracial child in this? Right. And it wasn't even quite as bad, but let's be real. And let's talk about the truth. Racism has always been here. Yeah. It is just now loud again. It's not like it's new. And Danielle, no, Danielle's dad and my dad would have been 86. We, it's always been there. My grandparents were slaves. Like it's nothing new. It is just now loud. And unfortunately, it is condoned. That's one of the biggest problems right now. I feel like it is condoned. Danielle, you're shaking your head. What are you? I just get so, and Michelle knows this, like I get so dysregulated and worked up for the fact that people, like their minds are not, they, they can't be inclusive. Or, or, or even when you even talk to them, I don't know which way these people need to be spoken to so it can get processed through their brains that they, need to be inclusive, but I, I don't know why they hard stop, why they think it's okay to be like, I don't need to be inclusive. Um, you wear a mask, Danielle, forget about it. <laughs> that, that's a whole other issue. That's what but I'm like, saying, if we can't get that. <laughs> it's like, those who don't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And I learned that in seventh grade in, in my history class after we watched Jim Jones drinking, literally drinking the Kool-Aid and watching the documentary. And then fast forward, when I was 18, I went to Israel with Holocaust survivors and we were in Poland actually a week prior to Israel. We went to all the concentration camps and I'll never forget going into the gas chamber with the Holocaust survivors. And it was the first time that they had gone in, even though they've done the trip multiple times. And they said, we could never go through the chambers before. Cause like they would have eight or nine brothers or sisters on top of all of their family and all of those people had died and they were the only ones who survived. So their guilt of surviving, they, they had to live with that their whole life. 
Um, but they knew firsthand what discrimination, what persecution, what oppression does. And the fact that it's continued, I mean, to the fact that when actually I went to the concentration camps and they they put like um like planks of wood on some of the windows so you can't actually see what they were. And there were families actually picnicking with kids playing soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, on the grounds of the concentration camps. And people in Poland would think that it's okay to just like take their kids there on a Sunday afternoon just to hang out and not even talk about the fact that multiple, didn't matter if, like Michelle and I would be the first to go into these concentration camps. She's black and I'm Jewish. Like uh, we're done. We're, yeah. we're done. But not only that, Michelle and I probably would have also like we're the strong ones, right? So like if you were weak, you would have been terminated right away. If you were like me and Michelle, who like grew up as an athlete, we'd go straight to work and we wouldn't know any different. And maybe because Michelle, my mentality is like, we'll do whatever we have to do to survive. But it's unfortunate that like people just don't grasp what's going on. And even to the point where I remember my first summer where I was actually a counselor at sleepaway camp, I had a co-counselor from Australia who said the Holocaust never happened. It wasn't in their history textbooks. And, and he said, there's no way it could have been true. There's no way. And I was like, do you not have Google? Do you not think to even go and research on top of the fact that you're told it's not true because it's not in the textbooks? Like, you're not in China or South Korea where like you actually have blocks on the internet. You are in Australia. I get so baffled by people's small minds to not think outside the box. Well, Danielle, to hear how many people in our country did not know what happened in Tulsa and why people were so upset with 45 wanting to do his rally there because it's not taught. It's not taught. It's not spoken about. It's not even half of this stuff doesn't even make the news. Like, I didn't see the other day when uh, a Jewish cemetery got swastikas drawn on all of the tombs. Like, has anyone else seen that on the news recently? It was in one oh. print article. Yeah. Back I, to I, the point. Ugh, knows, I really do get worked up. Wow. Kudos is a wonderful platform where we're all inclusive and where our price is just right. <laughs> Very good. It's true. And we'll but I think that's part of the issue. This is about fitness and diversity. So yeah. I think that going back to where we started yeah no representation not being in it's like we would call it food deserts if there weren't you know how bodegas are big but you can't get fresh produce at the bodegas it's a food desert for good food the gyms are the same way it's like a gym desert for trying to find a gym in the area so if it's not convenient it's not affordable and you're not represented why would you make that a priority yeah you probably feel left out and it's not even left out. They wouldn't even remotely consider going in mm -hmm. at all. Like, I have no idea what it's like to be black. I know what it feels like to be hated. But like, even if you think about like in the Midwest, Michelle, we were just talking about this. Like if there is a gym, it was probably you drive 50 miles, 30 miles, whatever. And chances are it was like a CrossFit or a bodybuilder gym. And that's typically associated CrossFit, I would say, is white. Yeah. And you see, you're like, okay, well, that's not for me, or there's no one that's going to look like me. And nobody, you're not taught otherwise to be like, there are other resources and there are places where you could be included, but people don't talk about it. Um, it's, and this is why I love Danielle. And this is why I love Kudos because she's so passionate about this. And she really does want the best for everyone, whether they be a client or whether they be a trainer. She wants everybody to be respected and loved. And that's why I wanted Danielle to be on here with me today because I'm proud to work with her and for her. You are the best kudos advisor. No, but really Michelle, like, Joey, I don't even know if you know this. Like I met Michelle what, when I was like 14 years old, 15 years old, and she was my dance teacher for a summer. Oh, really? um, and when I was her student, like these discussions were never had. And then when I came back, when I, when we reconnected when I was 19, it was the first time where we were actually starting to have these conversations and we were able to be open. And then when like kudos started and I reached out to her for a dance and then by the way, we're totally forgetting the part where Michelle and was it Kisa went to management at Rockettes when you had your tights changed because pink tights do not blend with your skin and you stick out like a sore thumb on the line. 
and Michelle, like, I was like, this was before Black Lives Matter movement happened, right? I was like, Michelle, but like, you have no idea. Like you are such an inspiration to so many and they don't know. And she's like, oh my God, it's not a big deal. I am what I am. Like, this is me. And like, that's kind of like how I am. I'm like, okay, well, this is who I am and I'm not going to change either way. And she's like, I want you to be on the platform. I'm like, I have better people for the platform, but I do want to work with you. So how can we do this? But then I was like, okay, well, you have to like be our advisor. And then when all these protest movements started happening, the one thing, Joey, remember we had the conversation with Kisa, what can kudos do? What's the little thing in the right now? And we actually, and a lot of companies have silenced people that they're saying you, you can't speak up. You, you can't put out your opinion out there. We'll we say we're inclusive and we say we support diversity, but we will not say black lives matter because they feel like that's too big a stand and it's too political. And they might not believe that in themselves. I mean, that's, that's, that's up to a company. Yeah, right. so, somebody put it to me. Um, and, and like, you know, black lives matter, all lives matter, all that. They're not saying that all lives don't matter. And this right. was, and this is not my thought, but this like really made it hit home to me because you know, years ago when the first time I heard black lives matter, that's the first thing I thought was like, no, all lives matter. But then if you're doing a leukemia walk or a breast cancer walk or something, you're not saying all other cancers don't matter because I'm walking for breast cancer. Yeah, MS doesn't matter if you're walking for cancer. Right, you're right. just pointing it out that this exists. And that's what I feel like that statement of Black Lives Matter means. Well, and Black Lives have never mattered uh, in the US systematically. I'm not saying they don't matter, but I understand where this is coming from. Why did we have to fight to vote? We weren't allowed to vote. Why did I have to, my ancestors have to fight to sit on a bus? What it's, we've never, people of color, been allowed to be free. Like Joey. And, and I don't, I'm just saying because you are a white male, yeah. you haven't had to endure that crap. And, and, and so this is where we're at. Like all we can do is have these conversations, like as Michelle said, and it has to start here. Um, I don't think actually on top of this, a lot of people in the fitness space are talking about it at all. Michelle actually sent me a couple articles from some big publications and I was, and they were what, a year ago, two years ago, some of them. And they're probably some of the most interesting conversations that need to be had in the fitness space but these publications haven't even like republished these which is like if you read them it's so actually it's so spot on and it's so relevant and at the same not spot on in necessarily good way but it is spot on for the times right. that we're going through mm -hmm. um wh why aren't these people republishing it like why aren't they putting it back out there well i'll tell you what so danielle after this send me those articles and then in the show notes for everybody listening We'll, we'll link to those articles. So then they'll be out there and then people can click, click directly on those links. So, so they can make the decision and read for themselves because you're right. right. I think lack of education, what, whether it's you know, race or sex or anything, and that's the thing. Like I didn't know, like the people wanna get rid of Mount Rushmore and you go, and you go down all these sort of things. Like, right. I didn't think like, oh, they probably own slaves. Did, and then it makes sense once it's pointed out, but because it's the education wasn't there. Like the guy that was saying that the Holocaust didn't exist. So if we put it out there and we teach people, right. I think that's how we have that understanding. And that you don't have, I, Michelle, I don't have to like you. I do like you. But, <laughs> but if, we can, if we can understand and empathize and something that Brandon Farbstein, who I had on my podcast, uh, the first episode of season two, he says he wants to elevate empathy. And this is a three foot nine, mm -hmm. 20 year old. I say kid, but this is a man. And he wants to elevate empathy. So it's not about having to like be okay with all this sort of stuff, but it's about empathizing with your fellow man, woman, and just being there and having that understanding. And then maybe we don't have so much hate. So I, have, I have one last thing to add on this fitness side of it. <laughs> I'm keep circling back. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I like it. When we talk about representation, Gyms don't offer diverse classes. So why can't we have an African, an Afrofusion drum class for mm. exercise? Yeah. Right? Like, would, wouldn't that be cool to be dancing with drums and doing, like, so I think also if you thought, 
because I've seen African dance and it is hard. If we added, we, us, we, uh -huh. added more classes that would also represent more people outside the box. I don't mean that just brown people would want to do it. I think everybody would want to do it. It'd be yeah. fun to do something that is not the usual. Right. And I think we're stuck in the box right now where we think we have to do spin and Zumba, not anymore, but you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, it would be so fun to have like hip hop fusion with weights. I don't know, but yeah. just something that's just different that people of color or different backgrounds would feel comfortable doing. Fair point. All right. So I'm going to, one last question for both of you. So start with Michelle. Where do you hope the future of fitness heads? I have, I've seen the future of fitness and it's kudos. It, it's going toward a place where diversity and equality and being the best at what you are and being a wonderful person and a great trainer is all that matters. And so that's why I'm on board with kudos. I, I'm watching, I'm part of the future and I'm really excited for that. You're Amazing. definitely part of the future. It's an understatement. Danielle, same question. Where do I think the future of fitness is going? Yeah. I hope as Michelle, I mean, I hope kudos is just like a, a start to show people that you can be inclusive and still have top trainers where they don't even remotely think like, oh, I don't want to be next to them in a lineup of headshots or I don't want their, I hope it becomes inclusive. I really do. Um, and if, yeah, if we can be a fraction of that change and show people that it's possible, that's where I would hope it would go. And I say hope because there are going to have to be many more conversations that have to be made, uncomfortable conversations for some other people to really change their mind. Mm -hmm. But I know what we're doing at Kudos, I'm actually thrilled with. Um, and I'm so proud of our community that I do hope it trickles and inspires other people. But I can only do what's best for me and our company and no one else can get in my head about that. So. Joey, where do you see it going? Uh, this conversation. I, I th and you know, it's the same thing when I talk about clients, like it's great to have goals a year from now and you wanna lose a hundred pounds, you wanna look like Schwarzenegger, oh, that's great. But it has to start with today. And this conversation is where the future starts. And remembering and enjoying, I say all the time, enjoy the memory. And we have to remember. And I just want to thank you both because like I just got a little teary. I, I just I like mean, it reads a lot. I, I I I literally like I I came to lots of realizations like with this conversation. I've never been able to really do this that much. And I hope that people listening to this share this and this starts the conversation and eventually starting a conversation will pull back the hate and the bullshit that we see and eventually there won't be any more fucking boxes because why does there always have to be a box about everything so i really hope it starts with today and i want to thank the both of you um and just anybody michelle where can people find you if they want more information anywhere I'm easy breezy. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm, uh, I'm not real tricky. It's Michelle Tolson, T-O-L-S-O-N, okay. if you need to find me. Okay. I'm not one of those tricky people. <laughs> uh, Danielle, kudos is K-U-U-D-O-S-E dot co. Correct. Not dot com, people. Not okay. dot C-O-M. It's deep dot dot co. K-U-U-D-O-S-E dot co. Joey, I can't thank you enough for allowing us to be honest and vulnerable with you. It's really hard to find people that will have this conversation and be open to other opinions. You, mm -hmm. you didn't shut us down. You listened to what we had to say, and then you gave us your, your experiences. And that is how we have to change. I need to listen to you. You need to listen to me. We need to educate ourselves. And we just need to love one another. And I really appreciate you giving us the time today. Well, thank you. I think we all need to stop and take that breath in life. Take that breath, have that moment. Breathe deeply, absorb it, and then learn and listen from people that are different than you. Uh, I'm Joey Thurman. This was another episode of the Fatter Future Podcast. Remember, don't be a fatty, F-A-D-D-Y. Be a part of the future, and it starts today. Everybody laughs when I say that. Take care.
Thank you so much, Michelle and Danielle. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I need a break to unwind after that one. That was some deep stuff. We try to keep it light here on the Fatter Future podcast, but sometimes there's conversations that had to be had, no matter how uncomfortable they are. We need to start that conversation so we can make change. Make sure to tune in next week to the Fatter Future podcast. We have another amazing episode. I'm Joey Thurman. Thank you.